Welcome to School of PE Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller, and I'm so glad that you could join me this week. We are going to discuss topics about FE, PE, and SE, and we're also going to answer questions that will help students prepare for their exams. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the School of PE's weekly podcast. My name is Chris Miller. Glad to be back with you. And I'm excited today because I got a return guest for round number two, Mr. Mike Villarosa. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on today. Looking forward sure. To <laughs> it looks like you have a little bit of a better weather going on where you're at. Yeah, sunny day. Uh, rain is supposed to be coming uh, tomorrow, but I'm here in New York in Orange County again and uh yeah weather's beautiful i'm outside right now like i said getting an oil change so uh i'm at a picnic table and ready ready to talk about some <laughs> well you know that's just like an engineer always prepared right <laughs> exactly <laughs> so how's it been out in new york pretty hot and muggy lately or no yeah it's been really hot uh like 90s two weeks ago was like almost unbearable Oof. uh and humid so but well, yeah, Sorry, it's, uh, it's, been, last week, so. yeah, it's been like that out here in Columbus, too. It's been a little hot and humid. I was out in L.A. two weeks ago, and holy cow, man, it was like 92 degrees. I was like, what the heck is this? So it yeah, like uh, didn't keep me from getting my In-N-Out burger, though. So, <laughs> there you go. so now this is your second time back, and we kind of got to know you last time. So um, we'll kind of go and turn around today and see where it takes us. Um, one thing I kind of want to tackle is uh, – when I first started doing the podcast, uh, one of the um, topics that I did when I was flying solo was I was talking about the upcoming changes to the civil exam, um, how I was moving to computer-based from paper and pencil. But at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of information available. And since then, um, NCS has released a handbook. And so at least you know what the reference handbook's like and a little bit a little more clear than it is, you know, that it was about a month or two ago. Um, have you had any experience with any of the computer-based uh, format? I mean, when you took the FE, was it computer-based or was it paper-pencil? No, when I took the FE, it was paper and pencil. And uh, the only computer-based experience I have is uh, from an old, when I was in high school, well, I was in college, uh, GRE. Okay. Trying to grab that here, but that's about it, at a Pearson Center. But uh, I mean, I, I looked at the the manual for NCES on the what the questions would be. Seems mm -hmm. pretty similar in in terms of civil. Uh, now they give a range instead of being say four hydraulics questions. Now it might be four to six or, or three to five instead of four. So it's still within the range, but but um, now instead of giving an exact number, they're just giving right. a range. Um, the biggest difference I think is going to be the open book versus a handbook. Um, right. Being able to bring all your own resources, your own notes, uh, school PE notes, for example, and now being given just that, that single handbook, how the FE is, it's going to be a challenge. Right, you know, oh, I agree, I agree. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me, hey, you know, is it going to be harder? Is it going to be easier? And my answer is I don't have a clue. Um, but, you know, I remember when I was in college or even back in high school, they used to give open book versus closed book. Sometimes a teacher would be like, hey, you know, we're going to make this book, uh, this exam an open book. And everyone gets all excited. I'm like, why are you guys getting excited? I said, it's probably going to be harder than the paper and pencil would, or the closed exactly. book would be because, you know, the professor's like, well, you have everything in front of you. So why wouldn't the questions be harder? So also I find um, when something's like an open book exam, even like how the civil is now, time management, I think, becomes a bigger issue because 
you you know, I've seen people take in suitcases full of books into these PE exams. And I'm always like, well, how do you get through them and navigate? So I think, you know, yeah, paper, pencil is great. Open book is great. But, you know, I think time management is a is a pretty big part of that, too, because you have so many resources that you think you can go through all of them. Yeah, that's one of the biggest is uh, how should I organize my references? And I try to I used to try to give ideas of, of what references I brought. And then I started mm-hmm. to realize that that students are starting to, to just rely on these references. And you got to remember that it's still a test. Take the test and use the references as needed. If you need to look up an equation, yeah, you don't need to memorize the equation or conversions, but use it just as a reference material, not as um, looking at every question and jumping right into a textbook. Uh, yeah, exactly. You lose a lot of time and we're pretty much run out of time, guaranteed. Oh, absolutely. And I also found, too, like when, um, you know, I took open book exams, too, is like you find yourself maybe spending more time on questions because you want to you're trying to get every single question right. You know, it's, and nothing's changed. The scoring is the same whether it's open or not. Um, right. I think people's approaches change differently. So if I were to say, hey, Mike, you know, you're going to go take this PE exam in April. It's closed book. Is your how is your approach going to change from if it was open book in, or uh, yeah, open book and paper and pencil? Uh, the FE, the biggest thing I took away from the FE from college professors and people that I talked to was practice with that handbook and get, get familiar with the handbook. So the same thing with PE exam, now you're going to have the handbook, practice with the handbook, know what's in there, we know what's not. And anything that's not in there, they're probably not going to, going to ask you a crazy equation, equation about a, say, wastewater treatment plant where the equation is not in the reference book. If it's not in the reference book, you're not going to probably ask about something um, so far-fetched that only one place in the world has. Um, whereas on the PE exam now, uh, they could ask that. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens after, you know, the October exam. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of changes are coming, but at least the syllabus has stayed the same. So topics are the same, but it is nice to see that the reference handbook came out. So I'm sure a lot of students, you know, will take it into the October exam with them as well. May as well, since you can add that to your, to the suitcase. Um, and it, it's a good resource, has equation figures and, and tables and things like that. So um, that was one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on is just, you know, letting people know that it is coming. There has been a little bit more information about the, the PE exam t- change in the CBT. So I just want to kind of share those thoughts. So, you know, we're halfway through the summer, uh, at least in my book. Um, you know, hopefully the weather starts cooling off. Um, anything new going on in um, Orange County? I uh, know we're finishing up the bridge project bridge construction projects uh we're about to start another one the next one that we're actually starting uh in august is in my hometown so it's uh close to home or down the street for me but uh two of the abutments are it's in the village setting so both abutments are uh buildings so it's going to be a challenge it'll be interesting construction interesting approach with traffic control um other than that, we're paving. We're about halfway through our paving season. As you know, I work at Orange County DPW, civil engineer. I teach mm-hmm. water resources, but I'm on the transportation end of uh, my my full-time career. And my part-time career with school PE is uh, with water resources. So full-time uh, in transportation, we are paving. Um, we're doing some guide rail projects. Uh, we had a bunch of traffic light emergencies this morning, so oh, wow. mal- malfunctions, but uh, we're working through that. Yeah, nothing worse than a traffic light that is not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all fine. Yeah. It's all fine. 
you know, it, it's it, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always find it funny. Like, you know, everywhere you go, you see four way stops, right? Four stop signs. You have four cars sitting there. You know, everyone knows pretty much what to do, right? When it's your turn, when it's their turn, so on and so forth. But you come to a intersection with stoplight where the red's blinking because it's a, now essentially a stop sign for now. Nobody in the world knows what to do. <laughs> So I don't know if it's because the, the word stops not there. It's just they see this blinking lane. They don't have a clue what to do. So I'm always a kind of a, a laugh when I see them. I'm like, well, it's no different than a stop sign. Right. But, uh, exactly. It's so to be a, uh, a better visual for, for people to stop safer. But agree. Agree. Right. So, you know, as far as School of PE goes, it's, you know, our session's getting ready to start here for people that are getting ready to take the um, October exam class that are beginning here in about eh, about two weeks or so. So I know you're uh, lined up for some fall session classes with us as well. Um, you know, you know, the on-sites you used to teach for us as well. We've talked about you going from New York to, to California and back. Well, obviously back because you have to get home. But, you know, you taught out there. You've taught some other locations for us. And then when COVID came last year, it kind of wiped out the on-site. So, you know, what have you learned in the basically year and a half when it comes to online learning? Have you, you know, you've taught both. So, you know, what what used to be kind of an unknown or what a lot of people were kind of nervous about has become a norm. So can you kind of talk about some of the experiences you've learned doing the online? I've learned uh, online is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I got over the uh, winter, I got a, um, I don't even know what it's called, but you, a manuscript thing that plug into my computer and I can write on it like a little pad. Um, right. Stylus, I guess it's a stylus to help me with my handwriting, first time I ever taught it, I was trying to use a mouse. That was a disaster. Um, and now uh, we have Teams meetings. We have meetings like this. This is like a regular thing between work, school, PE. Um, at my work, we still aren't having anybody in the building. Uh, we're even trying to have still Teams meetings and, and virtual meetings just within office, amongst office staff mm -hmm. uh, when we can to keep people separated. But uh, the, the biggest thing that I've learned is that um, people are able to adapt, they're able to adjust. So when you think about the, even the PE exam going from paper and pencil to computer-based, um, a, a course is gonna be new at first, just like everything virtual and at work was new at first. And now it's already starting be to become second nature. Um, at first it was what? I have to have a meeting with a person downstairs online. And now it's, of course, I'm going to have the, the meeting down with the person downstairs online. Why would I even want to leave my desk? I could just sit in my office. And <laughs> so let's take a short break here and let's see if we can't get Mr. Villarosa back on the line. So I'll be back in two shakes. Thanks, guys. See you in a few. Looks like we got him back from the unknown. So welcome back, Mr. Villarosa. Thanks. Yes, I was just saying uh, that, yeah, the we are used to the, the technology changes. Like you said, this is a pretty easy transition, even though I got cut out um, right back to it. And uh, what I was saying was that going from the computer-based exam to the pencil, uh, from the pencil and paper to the computer-based exam is seems like a huge change right now, just like technology was a big change during COVID. Um, but now it's second nature, and I think in five years, we're not even going to be talking about 
how to take the computer-based exam. We're going to be so used to it um, that the paper and pencil is going to be a thing of the past. Similar to um, when my one of my older bosses took the PE exam, he was given only 10 questions and he had to do it. They had to show his work. He was graded on his work and he had to do four out of the 10 questions. Now, when I hear that, I um, don't even think twice about it. I just say, I know the test now is multiple choice and it's paper and pencil and that's it. So I think in, in five years or even less, uh, the computer-based will just be second nature and um, that's all everybody will know. I'm with you on that. And, you know, I, I think when it comes to just about anything, change is scary, right? Everyone's a little bit of scared of change. Um, you know, I was kind of, you know, one question that I kind of wanted to answer myself is when everything went remote last year, what spring of last year when COVID kind of hit big and people were scrambling to kind of see how they could perform some of the same duties and things like that. It was a mess. I mean, whether it was from the education system where, you know, schools went online and were struggling and, you know, companies figuring out how they can do things. But now my question is, is it going to be more difficult for people to re kind of reevaluate or not maybe get back into going back into work? You know, what's going to be the bigger challenge, learning to work away from work or getting people to, to come back after everyone's kind of realized that a lot of the tasks that you used to do in the office, you can do from home or from anywhere. So I think that's going to be challenging. What do you think? Yeah, I think in the beginning, people were saying, I hate this. I don't want to work from home. Why do I have to do this? And now people are being told to come back to the office. I know, especially around here, we have a lot of commuters uh, in the city. And at first they were like, this isn't going to work. It's not, he's going to go under, blah, blah, blah. And now they're being told to come back to the office and they're saying, well, I'm more productive at home. Can I just stay at home? This is great. I don't have to commute. I don't have to travel. Um, most of the, the companies that I've talked to, uh, they're getting their people to work more than nine to five or more than their normal work hours because they're at home. They're comfortable. They're not wasting time commuting. And if they're sitting on a couch at 10 o'clock at night, they might end up checking their email and responding to a few emails or, or uh, checking a financial statement or whatever, the, whatever type of business they're doing. All right. So, you know, I, I agree, too. You know, I actually, you know, talking to some of the people that I work with is that you're right. They some people seem to be even more productive at home because, it, like, you know, usually five o'clock you leave to go home or you got somewhere else to be. So you're usually leaving pretty close to five o'clock. But if you're already at home, you might find yourself, oh, man, I'm in the middle of something. I know it's five o'clock, but I'm going to keep on trucking through and maybe finish it off. So people are, you know, a lot working longer hours than, than they might be if they were in the office. Um, so I think that's going to be a challenge. And too, is like, you know, also a lot of people might see it as a negative. Like, why are you bringing me back to the office? I, it can't be because of productivity because um, right, right. I'm just as just as productive, if not more productive from home. So that'll be interesting to see. But so you said you were just getting ready. You guys were just getting ready to complete a bridge. Is that correct? Yeah, we're uh, just wrapping up a bridge and uh, we'll be finishing that. We're actually paving today. So that'll be, be getting wrapped up. So did that project, how long ago did that project begin? Uh, that project uh, started about right at the start of the construction season which was around april or may and oh, wow. uh, it went until till now yeah it was a complete demo of a bridge uh full reconstruction took the old bridge out um changed the whole road profile there was a big basically a big dip that came down into the bridge and it was around a curve uh so we raised the bridge up about four feet uh so the whole road came up and um uh, banked 
the, the roadway to make it a little bit safer for drivers, put new guide rail in. Um, before it had just had really no guide rail whatsoever, just both, uh, posts. Um, so bring it up to snuff for, for uh, county standards and federal and AASHTO standards. Sounds good. Sounds, and then you mentioned something about pavement season. Yeah. So we pave, um, we have 300 miles of road uh, in Orange oh, wow. County that we maintain. And uh, the pavement usually lasts around 15 years, 15 to 20. So we try to pave about 15 to 20 miles because that equates to um, a full cycle of, of paving. Um, we've paved about 10 miles already. We have about 10, five to 10 to go. Um, and we're pretty much ahead of schedule. Usually at this time of the year, on any other year, um, we're way behind, but we didn't do anything last year. So at the end of mm -hmm. last year, we had time where we're usually paving at the end of, of uh, last year. Uh, we weren't doing anything, so we prepped everything for this year. Uh, contracts, uh, get contracting, get us to look at what the, the projects were, and uh, they're full bore at it right now. Oh, wow, wow. So what's all involved in the whole pavement process? Uh, what we do is we have a, a crew that surveys the roads. Um, and by survey, I mean they drive the roads at like five miles an hour. They count the cracks. <laughs> Literally, they count cracks and, and determine oh, wow. what kind of, kind of distresses are on the road. Uh, they give a road a rating from 1 to 100. And then oh, wow. we determine uh, the worst roads, and that's not always necessarily the ones that we pave. I know it sounds weird, but that's how we get um, our top priority list. And then we look at what projects are coming up. So if there's a, a project we hear about, a gas line, say a linear gas line being installed um, along the roadway, we're not going to go and pave that road and then have the gas company come in and, and cut it all up. So we try to play that into it. If, if there's a, say a bridge that we're looking at replacing mm -hmm. in the next five years, we might, not, we might wait to pave that road until the bridge is complete. Um, but that's pretty much uh, the way we look at it. Once we started the program about 20 years ago, and now um, we're almost at the recycle part of where we are repaving the roads that we started with. So now it's somewhat on autopilot. Uh, some of the roads get more damaged because they have more traffic, they have uh, more wear and tear, but other than that, we're in a pretty good spot. Our roads, uh, compared to the rest of the state, are certainly um, better than better than the rest, and that's not me being biased. <laughs> so are there times a year when you try to get the paving done before you move into a particular season, or can you even still do it into some of the colder months? We've paved. I've never seen it. These guys, the, our guys that we work with, tell me that they've been plowing us the shoulders with the paver behind it. Uh, you try not to pave in the cold weather. Um, we try to wrap everything up by Thanksgiving, also because uh, to be done with it and people are taking vacations, it's getting a little bit cold. The plants also close. The asphalt plants, uh, so that's something to factor in. But mm -hmm. I try to start right when the weather breaks, uh, which is usually in New York around mid-April. April oh, okay, 15th, so. between April 15th and May 1st. Not bad, not bad. So we've talked about a, quite a few different interesting topics. We covered the PE transition, to, you know, maybe how things change working remote, going back into the office, got a little pavement discussion going in there. So as time is kind of coming to a near end for today, any last words of wisdom you'd like to leave the audience with? I uh, know, keep studying for the PE. I texted uh, everybody that I know who's, who took the PE 
in uh, April and wasn't successful or who's been thinking about taking it, I told them, even though I said I don't think the computer base is going to be a big change, I did tell them to uh, try to pass now because uh, especially if they failed uh, paper and pencil, going to the computer base will be a big change. Anyone who's never taken it before, going on to the computer base isn't a change, even though they, everyone's saying it's a change. If you've right. never taken it before, it's it's your first time. It's not a change. So um, if you have yeah. taken it, uh, try to pass it this October. Be done with it and uh, study and take school with PE. <laughs> I appreciate that, Mike. Hope to have you back again. Enjoy your day, and hopefully the oil change is complete. Have a good one, Mike. Thanks, Chris. All right, take soon. care, buddy. All right, All right thanks. Bye-bye.